Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lions Guy Podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. I interview other subject matter experts on topics of performance and growth, and I also review books and other resources to help us all establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lions Guide, and on this episode, I got a good one for you. Rob Napoli, who uh, is a recent acquaintance of mine. I met him at a, a business bourbon event hosted by a previous podcast guest, uh, Ron L. Richards. And uh, Rob is the host of the Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship podcast. And he's an entrepreneur himself and a speaker and an and author of the book called The Social Soul. Uh, his journey has taken him from the Midwest to New York City by way of Milan, Italy, where when he was there, he earned a master's and he scaled a global startup and and he coached even a, a professional American football. So it's a pretty awesome journey he's had. Uh, he's currently the founder of Rise Up Coaching and co-founder and board member of Hat Day Group. So in this episode, Rob and I talk about you know the high performance mindset and we share lessons learned in entrepreneurship and how that high performance mindset applies as well as not just entrepreneurship, but in our everyday lives. So we explore it pretty well and also about the benefits of being authentic and intentional about how you use social media for your personal and professional branding. So if you like the sound of that, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great content and guests and, uh, and leave a review. If you've been checking it out, by all means, and you're getting value out of it, uh, hit that little five-star button. Tell us what's going on, what you think of the podcast. So I really appreciate it. And then as always, the podcast is sponsored by Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in and getting value from the show, then do yourself a favor. Go out to lionsguide.com and join our member community called The Pride. For no cost to you, it's free. You get access to all kinds of exclusive content to include yet to be released episodes of the podcast. I've got reading lists. Uh, I do live virtual training events. Uh, we've got a private online group to engage with other growth-minded members and a whole lot more. So again, joining The Pride's free. And I'm developing all this to help you break out of your rut and or break through to the that next best version of yourself. So uh, come on, join us. Uh, establish clarity, build your courage, and be the true leader of your life. So lionsguide.com, check it out now and join today. And with that all said, let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lions Guy Podcast. I've got Mr. Rob Napoli, host of the Bear Necessities Podcast, entrepreneur, speaker, and new author, by the way. We'll talk about that as we get into this. But Rob, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, my friend. I am so glad to be here and excited about this. Uh, just to chop it up with you. I remember we met, Not it feels like it wasn't too long ago, but I'm realizing that that business and bourbon event was quite a few months ago, but I remember meeting you at that B&B event and was like, yo, like I got to connect with this guy. So I'm excited to be chopping it up and and getting deep on the pod today. Dude, when was that? Was that, is that months ago now? September. I, September. <laughs> Holy man, dude, it feels like six weeks. Like it does not feel that yeah, long ago. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, we just met like the other day. And I was like, wait, it's been like a couple of months. Like that was a bit ago. And that's why I was like sitting here. I was like, it's already December. Like how, how scary is the fact that it's December right now when we're, as, as we're recording this, like early December, I was like, yeah, time goes fast, man. Time goes fast. Well, when you're being productive, right? Like when you're getting stuff done and you pick your head up, um, that's what I tell people like, you know, about just their work day, you know, it's like, man, doing what you love and being passionate about what you're doing and, and have a focus on being 
productive instead of like what you get away with not doing like the busier yeah. you can more productive you can get that day is gone babe like it's yeah. it's gone so yeah tell, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do yeah um so I do a lot of things, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, to, I started this journey back in, I think, you know, 20, it's 2019. I got fired for the first time. And when I got fired, the, like the boss, the leader that I was working for, you know, he sat me down and he was like, he was super cool. He's like, I'm going to split your payments out. So you have a little bit of a severance. So you have insurance to cover you, paid all your commission and kind of do this like nice, like little severance package thing. But the idea is like, Rob, you need to go start your own business. Like you're like, you're good, you're talented, but you're not passionate about being here. So I'm letting you go. Like you need to go find what you're passionate about and start your business. And so I did, I did just that. I started Hap Day Group. So I'm the co-founder, uh, board member of a company called Hap Day Group. We're a US go-to-market entry sales as a service business. So I have a team that sits down in Mexico that runs it operationally. We're an outsource sales team for hire, SDR, top of funnel. Uh, we help companies with product market fit, building process, uh, doing all these things. It's a lot of fun. You know, we help drive those initial customer discovery calls. And we work with like new companies to do like initial testing of product market fit. We work with established companies to just be that so they don't have to have the headcount. So that's one business unit that I run. I'm the founder of Rise Up Coaching. That's what I do with most of my time, uh, which is a content media company focused on training and development. Uh, so we have... We'll be launching some online content next year. Uh, we do one-to-one -one coaching entrepreneurship, speaking, training, uh, everything from actually working on curriculum to, you know, um, doing the curriculum. Uh, I'm a speaker. Uh, go around and, and, and uh, do different uh, speaking gigs from panels and whatnot. Uh, corporate training. So I work uh, for a number of corporate companies on bringing that millennial entrepreneurial mindset into the boardroom and how to attract and retain Gen Z and millennial talent and how to like leverage that in today's, you know, great resignation, the future of work, all these things. Uh, so I train on that. I work for 12 different global accelerators, uh, coaching entrepreneurs on what to do. Uh, I run my podcast, Bare Necessities, have my book, Social Soul. Uh, so I do a little bit of everything. And it came from like where my career started in sales and marketing. Um, I worked in the Midwest for five years. I met my now wife. Uh, in small town Iowa, so I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. She's from small town Iowa in Huxley, and uh, three months into dating her, she was like, "Yo, when I graduate college, I'm moving to Europe to get a master's. I don't do long distance, so either break up now and end a heartache, or would you come?" And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll go." A year later, I was on a. I sold my house, left a six figure job, all these things, moved to Italy, got a master's, coached American football, worked for a startup, helped scale that startup globally. That's how we ended up in New York. Um, so it's kind of a collection of things in my life that just like nonlinear experiences that happened that led to where I'm at today, doing all these different things. And, you know, it seems like it's a bit of a crazy mess, but I've had more fun in these last couple of years doing my own thing and, and kind of learning what I don't like more than what I do love um, that has led me to where I'm at today. So I know it was a long walk for a short drink of water, but for context sake, for your audience, Kind of giving them a little bit of like, wow, uh, yeah, it seems like a lot, but it's it's all kind of a collection of experiences coming together at the right time. Yeah, dude. I, well, I love, I love that you're exploring to, to find yourself, man. It, there's so much 
copycat. Like, man, I'm going to tell you what I tell people, even about me, I go, look, I'm here to tell you what worked for me, but not to tell you to do what I did, but to inspire you to find your formula. And that's, that's what I hear you saying. Like you were, you weren't afraid to go out and kind of experiment and say, I don't know what I like or don't like, but I'm going to go. Yes. I'm going to say yes to some things and and figure that out because I think that's important, man. Like you got to find your formula so that you can live congruently, right? Like, and, yeah. and you're not going to figure that out unless you're just, we want to go make mistakes. We want to get some egg on your face. We want to go, yeah, that sucked. I didn't want, I'm not rolling that again. But, but that, that fear of like, you know, exploration, I guess. Is, yeah. is well, it's a point I like to, one thing that I actually like to talk more about now than I ever, you know, I, I still like to talk about my successes and, and brag a little bit. Right. But I think it's more fun talking about the failures and the lessons learned. Um, and that is something that I've really transitioned to in the last couple of years. And the fact that, you know, I, I heard this quote, my aunt told me this a long time ago. And I say it to some people and they laugh and they get it. And others are like, oh, what are you talking about? And it's an old quote from Zig Ziglar, right? What is an expert? An ex, former something, spurt, a water spout, Right. So an expert literally is somebody who talks about shit from the past. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I think that's kind of funny because an expert is somebody who, who, who is an expert. That's, that's that. They mastered something, but it was in the past. Are they concurrently still an expert? And most of our experts aren't. They master something and they go coach on it. They're not continuously learning and exploring. And one of my foundations is to be curious, right? Because when you're curious, you learn. When you learn, you grow. You make mistakes. And... That's kind of how this this exploration um, has come. And I always tell the same thing. Like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. A good coach won't tell you what to do. A good coach will ask you questions and, and guide you and help bounce ideas off of. But a coach, a coach is supposed to help you answer your own questions. A mentor will tell you what to do, right? The difference between a coach and a mentor. A mentor can tell you what to do because they've been there, done that. A coach will help you make the best decision for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think a hundred percent, and that's that's right, man. Um, uh, the Ronell, you mentioned that, we, that we, where we met at his conference, like he was talking about that issue. There's failures and and just putting them out there and learning from other people's mistakes at that and um, learning from each other. But yeah, and that's that's it. That's why the word guide is in Lions Guide is that again. I'm not here to go. I've got the answer, but no, I'm gonna say <laughs> I've had some success, but I'm still growing, still learning. Let's yeah. grow together. Now I've got the capacity, you know, uh, having exited a, a course code. Now I've got the capacity because this is what I'm passionate about at this point, like still reading, still grinding, still growing. And mm-hmm. like a friend of mine said, like, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know? So what? It, what it's your choice, right? There's, there is no end game. There is no, I made it right there. It's just new levels, new devils, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. And, and, and no, I love that you call it lion's guide. Right. And, and we talk about this and, you know, it's, it's really funny because um, I used to be big on playbooks, right? Like having a playbook for something, having having uh, this thing. And, and the more that I, I, I remember I ran up um, in the middle of the pandemic, right as it started, we built a boot camp. Uh, we flew the plane while, fly, you know, we built the plane while flying it. Um, you know, we lost a lot of contracts. We had employees. We literally had no revenue for a month. Like everybody else, the world shut down. we like, Let's launch an online training, charge for it, teach people how to sell in this global business environment. And I remember my whole goal is like, what I want people to get out of it is a playbook on how to scale. And by 
it, to be fair, my business partner was like, I hate the word playbook. Like other people have playbooks. I don't think it's the right thing. And I was like, no, no, no we're going to give them a playbook. We're going to give them a playbook. Right. And I'm thinking that we're going to give them a guide. Right. And basically it's, we're going to channel them and having the app to the chapters outline, but they have to write the content themselves. Like they have to fill that in. And a playbook is the wrong thing. Cause you're thinking the play is there. You run the play. Right. And so I quickly went away from a playbook and now I have like a cringe. People say they have the playbook for this, the formula for this. So much so that in the introduction of my book, the first sentence, the one thing I knew I was going to have is the first sentence of this book is going to be on brand. And it's, this is not a fucking playbook. If you're looking to get from zero to million followers, this is not it. Right. Like that was so important to me to, to get away from as a coach and like the work that you and I do is that we're not giving you the playbook. We're going to give you guides. We're going to give you examples. We're going to give you a collection of experiences to help you learn. But every story, every person's journey is impressive. Why? Because it's uniquely theirs. It's not ours. And anything you and I have ever done is not their journey. We have experience in our life that could only happen to us. And that is something that we forget to do. And so everyone's looking for that quick fix. And you have to get over that and, and right your own wrongs. You have to face your demons. You have to go through your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Find coaches and guides along the way that will help guide you. Don't look for answers. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it, what was rolling around my head as you said that was exactly that. Don't look for answers. Look for experiences, right? Like, and that might be someone else's experiences, might be your own experience, but the, the answers that people have aren't you. Your questions are uniquely yours, right? Your situations are uniquely yours. Like, when I started this, I, that, like you, I'd say, like, look, out of the gate, I'm going to tell you what worked for me worked for me then at that time under those circumstances. So I can talk about it. You can learn from it. We can explore it. But my goal is for you to find your version of whatever that is. Right. Yep. And, you know, and I just own it. Like, it, and that's a courage thing. I think, like, I think we're, we're afraid, you know, to fail and it be on us, but guess what? It's all on you, whether you're copying somebody else or coming up with your own stuff. It's all on you. Yeah. Um, you you'll, you'll, you'll be happier. We talked about this pregame, right? Like living congruently, like yeah. there, there's misery in trying to walk in someone else's shoes verbatim, follow their playbook and be discontent, right? There, that's mm -hmm. misery there. But if you are writing your own, like I call it a canvas, like you've got your blank canvas, man, go paint, like go mm -hmm. paint, paint it, man. So... Yeah, I love it. I mean, and that's so many people are afraid. You know, we've come to this idea that everything has to be perfect and we can't start a company to the perfect conditions. We can't put stuff on social unless it's perfect. We can't do this unless it's perfect. And you get to this point of, well, how the fuck do you be perfect? You can't be perfect if you haven't failed. If you've never experienced loss or failure, then you can never experience joy or success. And we've forgotten that. And so we're so wanting and equipped to be perfect all the time that we don't actually know what perfect is anymore. And we've, we're so afraid of not being perfect that we don't go experience and live. Right. Yeah. And it's scary. It's scary in the fact that that's where our head space is at. But what's exciting about that is there are a number of people in this world, especially, you know, millennials and Gen Z that still want those experiences. And I've tried to figure out what is that experience? And that experience has changed. Like we think of experiences like, you know, we always 
joke, you know, was, you know, I'm millennial. And it was like, oh, I remember before the internet, you know, we used to just get out on our bike and go right up the hill. And like, you know, the older generation is like, oh, you know, we drank from a water hose. Like, yeah, you did. And that made you different. But guess what? We've grown. We've learned more. Like, world's evolved. So, yes, that's your experience. What does that teach this about future experiences? But you have to let these kids have their own experience. We need to stop trying to – we also need to stop trying to correlate so much back and forth and realize that we need to – what our experiences are have changed with being hyper-connected. And that's okay, too, but you still need to go experience. Yeah, right. It's – um. And the people that work for me, especially in the last 18 months, of course, because we were in a hyper growth mode, like I was bringing a lot of people and I, I, I had to get to a point because it was so, it, it agitated me so much. It's like, well, when I was at so-and-so, we did this. When I was here, we did that. And I used to have a rule like, man, you cannot come in. I don't, I want to learn from what you've learned, but don't talk to me about the past. Talk to me about here and now. What are, what are you doing now? It's at, uh, what's it? Les Brown says the, the used to be's don't make no honey, man. I used to this, I used to that. Like, talk to me about what you're capable of now. Cause that's what you're getting paid for. Like I'm not yeah. paying you for, I'm paying you for where you've come and where you're going here and now, but don't talk to me about, you know, you know, well, it's, oh, and so like, that's, that's there. That's then talk to me yeah. about now, you know? You know, I used to be, I used to be that. I used to be a product of that. And it was a tough lesson to learn, you know, very tough lesson to learn. But when you, when you get over it, again, stop looking past, start looking forward and chasing, you know, I always, I say this all the time, right? Chase opportunity, not money. I've chased money. I've chased opportunity. And, you know, yeah, people want to be rich because being rich gives them opportunity, but to what end, right? If you chase passion and opportunity, money will follow, right? Cause if you, when you get good at something, really good at something and it's something you love to do day in and day out, you're going to get rewarded for it and compensated for it the right way. Cool. And you know, and I, and I, that the big fight is like, well, you know, you got to eat. I'm like, yeah, you got to eat. But if you chase opportunity and passion and not money, the money will follow and you'll be richer in everything, including compensation. And I truly believe that. It's a byproduct, right? Like people, if you chase profits and compensation, you have missed the opportunity. Like the, 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 you bring that value you put into work, the, that'll happen. Just focus on that, 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 that the profits and all that, that, that's secondary. And I think people like negligently get focused on the outcome and not the process when we're talking that. Like, um, yeah. and yeah, I think it's, it's a big mistake. Um, you know, it, it is. And it's one that, um, I've, I've talked about this before with some other people is, you know, there's a lot of people that shout and it's like, you have to work for yourself. Like it's easier to be an entrepreneur now than ever. We know that, right? Entrepreneurship can be done by anybody, but entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And people yell, it's like, well, if you're not working for yourself, then you're working for someone else. Right. And like, I'm in this camp of like, there's two types of camp. There's those that want to follow their passion. That's my camp. Like I want to create my passion as my job. I love working. I love putting a studio together. There's others, and I have family members and friends that are in the nine to five camp. They are good at something. Maybe they're not passionate. They don't love it, but they're really good at something. And they they can grind it out and enjoy it because what it does is offers them flexibility and freedom to go. Their passion might be slow pitch softball. It might be having a family. It might be hunting. And that job fulfills them enough to give them all the ability, financial flexibility, freedom to go do their thing. And you can be either or. We don't have to be this or that. And whatever your 
way of doing and chasing experiences is go do it. I have a friend who she loves to travel and I see her everywhere, somewhere new every weekend. And she's been working at the same company for years and like leads a department and she's done it because she turned that job into creating it what she wanted it to be. She can do it from anywhere. She owns that department. She'll never leave and she'll never be let go because she provides way too much value. And that in turn has offered her the ability to go anywhere and anywhere she everywhere she wants to go. And you can make that your reality. All and this is the thing: when you're chasing money for money's sake, at some point it will come, it will come to a stop. But when you chase opportunity and you create fucking value, companies will realize that and not let you go. You know, we talk about this great resignation and all these employee experiences and all these negative things, and it's like, well, we always blame the company, and I, I agree a lot of a lot of blames on the company. Like company nine to five is meant for you to chase the dollar. Because when you chase the dollar, they can kind of control that. So it's like, do this to get here versus like, what are you passionate about? How can you make a bigger impact value? Because when you go up outside the system and make that bigger value and chase that opportunity experience, you'll get paid rewarded because you'll jump three tiers. But it's to tell every employee that I talk to, and I, and, and I really have a lot of conversations with Gen Z and millennials with this is like, look in the mirror. Have you done everything that you needed to do for that role? And if you look in the mirror and realize that what you're doing for that role is not impactful and you hate it, then it's time to step away. But as long as you can say, Hey, either I've done everything I could and, or this now doesn't align with my value. And I don't want to do that at the expense of my, whatever morals ethics, then, you know, but I feel like we always, it's so quick to blame that we don't look enough in the mirror. And that is something that, you know, when we look at all these things, you know, long walk for short drink of water, Everyone needs to look in the mirror before and chase that opportunity and experience because that will turn into money. That's how this all works. And and you think about that, whether you're in a nine to five camp or a passion camp, you're going to be able to excel with that mindset. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because I mean, it's crazy. You know, we have so much access to one another and we, we it's no, it's no secret. There's a lot of, uh, polarization, tribalism going on. And, and I, you're the first person I heard kind of like point out, but it is true. Like there is this weird little tribalism of entrepreneur and nine to fiver. And, and kind of like, a, I think it is a, I'll say there's, it's also from wrongfully, I'll say wrongfully, because I love you point out, like it goes back to what makes you happy and how you are getting there. Mm-hmm. And you could be perfectly content with that nine to five because it leads to what you want, what you're trying to get out of life or whatever the case may be. But like you said, if you're willing to put it into work, you know, and because that entrepreneur life, it's a grind. It's, it's this, it's a grind. There's nothing fun about it. I remember it's like 2005 or six, it was three years into my business officially. And I, and I think probably I was having a bad day or something, <laughs> but I was at a networking event or someone or something. I don't know what it was, but somebody comes up to me and I remember like, Oh yeah, it must be nice having your own business. I'm like, obviously you've never had your own business before because not really anything nice about it. It's freaking a ton of work. It's not just like, you know, riding around a company boat, you know, week yeah. one, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. But it, like you said, if you've got that passion, then if you've got a passion for it, it'll carry you through that, that perseverance, yeah. the requirement, yeah. you got to persevere. You got to be able to grind it out. Absolutely. And yeah, I love it too. Cause like, you know, the, the summer, the Euro Cup was on, and I and I went up to the same bar to watch all the Italy games. I'm a big Italian soccer fan from living over in Italy, and um, you know, I was like, "This is the beautiful thing about having my own business is that I can leave at one o'clock, go to the bar, and watch the game." 
got a little too turnt and hung over the next day. And I was like, this is the shitty thing about having my own job is that now I'm hungover and I have to work twice as hard today, hungover or piss off today and then work three times as hard tomorrow because there's no one else that can pick up the slack for me. And so there's, you know, there's the tribalism is there, right? You know, my buddy, Brian Burkhart wrote a book called stand for something. And when you stand for something, you're going to alienate someone. Right. Mm. And we all know that tribalism works like a tribal marketing, like there's books about it. Right. You find your tribe. And I get it. And I get why you need to find that group of people. But I'm I'm the guy that's I've been on both sides of that coin. And I know that there's a better way to blend all of it. And, you know, that's probably why I don't blow up as much on TikTok. You know, I'm not saying here's how to make six figures, seven figures a month in 30 days. Like that's bullshit. Like, yeah, you can get lucky. You can hit fire. There's some things. But Everyone's looking for a quick win. And I'm the guy that's there like, that's why I wrote this whole book, The Social Soul. It's like, be who you authentically are. Stop trying to create something just because somebody told you to. Like when you become who you are, like life changes. And it may not be the sexiest thing in the world, but you know, that's, that's what I believe in. It's why, you know, my podcast, I call it The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship. I don't interview amazing founders to come on and talk about their companies. I'm not saying, oh, let me go get you know, the Airbnb CEO to be on the 200th podcast to hear the same story. The one shining moment. I want to hear from pre-seed, seed and early Serie A founders around the world and around this country that are building. And my question is, why the fuck did you want to put yourself through this? Yeah. And that's what I want to know. I want to know what are the bare necessities of entrepreneurship? What do you need to know? Why did you start it? What was your journey to being an entrepreneur? And for some people, they're like, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never thought so. And some are like, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. Some fell into it. you know. And that's what I love is to hear these stories to show that entrepreneurship is and can be everywhere. Um, but you know, everybody finds that path a little different. It's because they walk their path and aren't afraid to take chances. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hey, what do you think at this point? Because you hit on this. And I, I don't want to let up on this because I think it's it's important. Like, the, you and I have had this conversation around entrepreneurship and high performance. Like, what does it take to succeed? Like, what are what are some core, I'll say, habits or mindsets that that an entrepreneur or someone thinking about doing it, or maybe someone who's trying to do it and failing, needs to be thinking about? Yeah. So, a couple of things. One, my first is always be curious, right? Because when you're curious, you learn. When you learn, you grow, and you know, consume content. You know, there's so much great. There's a book by Austin Kleon. I talk about this to everybody. Steal Like an Artist is his book. And it, it, it's basically, you know, how to leverage. Well, don't reinvent the wheel. How do you leverage things that are out there for yourself? And it's not like you don't steal and copyright. It's how do you take what others are doing well or not well, internalize it, tie it to your brand, and then turn it out? Because you don't need to start from zero, right? And, you know, we talk about Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And I get kind of pissed off when people talk about that because I get the psychology behind it. But you can't start with why until you start where you are, right? And if you don't know what led you to where you are and why you're here today, because we try to pick an existential why and it fit our whole thing into it. It's like, no, no, start where you are. What got you to where you're standing on your two feet today? Cool. This is what I want to do. Now I'm going to define my why to what I want to do. And that's how you define your why that actually is going to hit. So I think being curious... Um, is really big piece there. The second piece is <sighs> mentally tough people 
know when to rest, right? We live in a hustle culture. I get that. And everyone's kind of like, we shouldn't hustle anymore. It's like, no, no, you should hustle. I'm out here hustling. But hustling doesn't mean I'm 24-7 hustling. Like today after this, I have a buddy in town from Milan. Um, first time in New York. I purposely took today, this afternoon off to spend with him. Tomorrow, I'm working in the morning. It took tomorrow afternoon off to spend the whole afternoon with him, right? But in these four hours this morning, I got up and I started working at 630 because I knew that I'm leaving after this podcast, right? So I'm hustling, but I'm resting. And so we don't have to look at hustle as a bad word, but it, it has a lot of negative connotations, right? So, so high performers know when to rest. They know when to shut it down. They also know when to kick themselves in the ass and say, I got to push through this, right? Then I got to persevere. So, you know, I think being curious, knowing when to rest are two of my key high performers that I've talked to that, that understand that. And then the other, the final thing, you know, to give a third one is, and this, this is something that we really need to explore as, as a society and culture is knowing when people work best. Not all of us, you know, nine to five was built for the factory lines during the first world war, right? Like that all that was built to have a production system set up. But I'm a morning person. I'm that annoying guy in the morning that wakes up. Remember the old friends episode? Yeah. When Rachel and Joey switch places and Joey's in Rachel's room and Rachel wakes up and has the guy singing good morning and she's all pissed. But Joey's like, good morning. Like it's time to start the day. Like that's me. Like my wife hates it. But my wife, she's a night owl. She, she works best at night. Like we need to allow employees when they're most productive. Right, you don't have to be an early riser. The early bird gets the worm. Yes, that was a. It's still true to some extent, but not everyone needs to be an early bird. Right, you can be a, a night owl and you can still do things. So understand when people are most productive and let them and develop systems with your teams to allow them to utilize that. Because when they do that, they're going to be more effective, more creative, more impactful, more engaged. And so high performers know when they work well and they know how to develop that routine for themselves, what those, whatever those habits are. So that'd be my Yeah, what you're saying is intentionality, right? I think that's yeah. been, that's a major breakthrough point into high performance is when you're clear about your intentions. And I, I love that you're saying that, which is like, hey man, I'm taking the afternoon off, but I, I'm doing, you're, you're having your day with intention, right? Hey, my guy's in town. I got it. I got time this morning. This this is what's required of me. Now I'm gonna go enjoy the day. And then tomorrow, it, like you've got intention set for yesterday, today, and tomorrow to get what you want. And I think that's the that's the opportunity. I'll say back to what we were talking about, like what you want that nine to fiver or that entrepreneur. If you and because the other thing you point talked about was the other side, which is the discipline. Yep. Like if, if you can have the discipline to set your intentions and hold yourself accountable, because I think like when you got that nine to five, here's the easy part. Somebody's telling you what to do, right? You don't even think about it. Somebody's yeah. going to tell you when to be, where to do what, how to dress. You don't have to think about it. Show yeah. up and do it. You're an entrepreneur. Ain't nobody telling you nothing. <laughs> nobody's telling you nothing. You got to figure it out. And um, yeah. so I, I, I love that you bring that up, that up because that's that's a part of, of this that's that's key. You know, yeah. you got to be able to lead yourself and set intentions properly. Yeah. And I, I love the word intentionality. I mean, my five, I, I, I tell people this all the time, and, and my five core kind of entrepreneurial values of my business is one, being curious, 
right? When you're curious, you learn, right? If you learn, you're going to build. And when you build, do that with intentionality, whether that's a product, a process, whatever, right? When you build with intention, do it with authenticity, be your authentic, true self, right? And then when you do that with authenticity and all these things happen, control your control, attitude and effort, right? When you have a great attitude and you give good effort, good things are going to happen. And that's it. I mean, when you think about that, you're controlling what you can control and you're letting go of what you can't. And you're doing things with authenticity and intentionality. And when you do that and kind of set that day, it allows you to be so much more impactful. Like I burn high, like I burn hot all the time. I can do in four hours what most people do in eight. But I'm also the biggest procrastinator. I'm a gamer. Like I need to have those parameters set. Like this needs to be due tomorrow. I need to get it done. If I have two weeks to do it, I will wait till the last night to do it and then freak the fuck out about it and then slap something together that is like, why didn't I do this two weeks ago and save myself anxiety? You know? So I'm with you. Like, but, the, but anyways, to your point, like those, like that has always been like kind of like entrepreneurial core values that I, I love to talk about and, and, and leverage. And it's kind of my, my motto because it just leads to putting me in the right path. Yeah, and you hit on something because I think a lot of your people who might check in and pick this up on that the entrepreneurial side, just a, a lesson from the field that I think that at least a lesson I learned and do what you want with it is that like to the authentic, authenticity pieces, like I saw a lot of, I saw this in my employees and I would have to correct it, but it was like the, hey, did you see that what so-and-so is doing like a, a competitor or whatever and say, do you see they advertise this or they're doing that? I'm like, what you focus on expands, man. Like we... I don't know if that's working. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't, you know, yeah. like it, you know, so to you're right. You're spot on with the authenticity piece and don't get caught in the trap of like chasing what other people are doing. Like you're, yeah. you're the still like an artist thing fits here. Like if you find yourself comparing yourself to competition or what you see in advertising or whatever, um, go back to what Rob's saying here with the still like an artist, like look at it, but now go, okay, what, how does that apply to me? How does it fit within my goals? Have your goals. Don't chase somebody else's goals, man. Have your goals. And that when you, the way you, when you see that stuff, you can go, okay, that's interesting. What, how would I do that? How does yeah. that fit with what I'm doing now? You know, it's the whole still like an artist thing. You're not copying. Yeah. You know, you don't know if it's working. It might be a BS idea. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you might know? see it and they put a lot of money behind advertising and, but it's not actually netting. And this yeah. is where having that guiding principle, you need to have your goals in alignment first, because if you're just chasing, you're going to be in a rat race of going to the left and to the right and to the left and to the right versus this is my North star, my guiding principle. And then I'm taking these things and how do they fit in? Right. And hundred percent, like, and that's, that's the thing is people, they always want to look at what others are doing and chase. And this is the whole influencer mindset. And so many influencers, you don't know what's up behind them. And this is why I talk about your social soul. Like you need to be real with people and not like, yeah, I, can, I live in New York City. I can go to all the cool places and go into all the rich restaurants and like take a quick picture and get the fuck out. It doesn't mean I'm dining there every night. It doesn't mean I have the bands to pay for all that, but I can sure just make it look like it because I live in New York City. I can make it look like I'm high end, right? That's not who I am. I live in Brooklyn. Right. Hell, before this episode, I was telling <laughs> Dale, I had a, I was put, literally putting on my shirt because I don't like to wear sleeves. I wear cutoffs 90% of the time. And unless I have to put on sleeves, I will. And 
I'm OCD. So when I put on a t-shirt, like if I take it off, I'm not putting it back on. So it's like, I waited to the last minute to put it on so that I could wear that the rest of the day and feel good about it. But like, you'll see me in sweats and a cutoff all the time, not in a suit and tie in Midtown every day, living in, you know, in Chelsea, I live in Brooklyn and I'm proud of it. I love what I do. And like, you know, I have grew up in the Midwest, so I'm just as much, you know, a country boy as I'm a city boy. Although on my Midwesterners like, yeah, you're too city for us anymore. And then the city folk are like, yeah, you're city, but you're, you know, you still got that like weird Midwestern thing to you. Like we're carrying a koozie in my pocket all the time. They think it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, but my hand never gets cold. My, my hand never gets cold. And my beer always stays nice and cold. So, yeah. you know, that's why you have it in your back pocket all the time. Every pair of shorts and jeans I have has a koozie in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a country thing. I do that in the summer times. Yeah. I'm with you. The, um, and I think like, and just for the non entrepreneur listeners, like everything we're saying, and this is my favorite part about leadership and, and business lessons and so on. Like, it's not just that, that what we're discussing, like the authenticity and the, and, and the joy of congruence, like applies just in our everyday life. Like you say, like, if you even just have your own North star back to the nine to fiver or whatever, if you know what your North star is and you're just looking at everything through the lens of what's important to you and not copying and chasing, you're going to be a lot happier. And like I say, so that's just not when you're running your business, or whatever, that's just in how you're living yeah. period. Well, I mean, too, entrepreneurship is two things. It's a title and a mindset. Mm. And right. And I look at entrepreneurship. I always love it more from the mindset. And we call those people entrepreneurs. If you're in a company, whether a big or a small company and you're an employee and you bring great ideas, great things to the table, and you aren't afraid to kind of rock the boat or share ideas, that's and you have that entrepreneur mindset, you can still go make it happen. You're an entrepreneur. And you can, you know, this is how IBM and Apple and all these great companies are still alive because they have amazing entrepreneurs that bring amazing ideas into these big companies and then build something around it. Right. And that's that's an amazing thing too. So I look at it from the mindset. And in fact, what's funny is Gen Z, there's like a, a rift. Those that go to college, like entrepreneurs and they're on the path. Those that don't want, they don't want to be called an entrepreneur. They want to be called content creators. They're still entrepreneurs. They're still running their own business. They're learning life lessons. They're chasing passions, right? But they, the title. So I always love it from the, the, the entrepreneurial mindset because everyone can have that, whether you work as an entrepreneur and start your own business or you go into a company and either one is great because you can still make an impact having that mindset. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you were the first person I heard that, like when you and I were talking a few weeks ago, uh, you brought up that entrepreneur and I loved it. I, I'd never heard that before you. I don't know if you trademarked that yet or what, but. Um. <laughs> no, I got it from my, no, I stole that from Greg Larkin. So Greg Larkin is, uh, this is what he does. He helps organizations on entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called This Might Get Me Fired. It's all about it. And yeah, I love it. I love that title, that term and love that that is an option for people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's, it's picking where you fit, you know, in this world, it's rolling it. And, and like I say, maybe it's not just a show up and do what I'm told nine to fiver, or maybe it's not on the other end of entrepreneur, but maybe it's that middle ground where you don't take on all the stress of building something fresh and new, a business, yeah. but you know, living out that entrepreneurial spirit in someone else's organization and helping them and contributing that way. I think, I think it's yeah. awesome. Well, the one thing that's, I think is really important to say and i think you you'll definitely get this kind of you know being you know former military is that everyone can be a leader I come back to like everyone can be an entrepreneur everyone can be a leader but sometimes you need to know when to lead and when to follow mm -hmm. right and so there's a lot there are a lot of people out there that like to be 
to be led. They want to be led. They want to be bought in. They want to have the guidance because they're not, because there's two types of motivation, external and internal, mm. right? External will spark you. This is why people have, you know, January, they don't want to lose weight, but by the end of the first quarter, like they're not at the gym anymore, right? External will only take you so far. Internal is what makes, it separates, separates that. It's that difference maker. And so many people don't have the internal motivation. They haven't learned it. They don't know where to find it. They haven't found that thing that drives them yet. And so they need that, that kind of leadership and guidance. And they, so they want that following and, and to be until they find that. And so if you're listening to this and be like, well, you know, I don't, I don't have that passion. I don't know what I want yet. That's okay too. You don't have to know, you know, I'm 34. I still don't know what the fuck I want to do with everything. Right. Like it's okay to be in these different stages. And so I think also, I just want to admit, like let listeners out there, whoever listening knows like, it's okay if you're following right now. It's okay if you're happy doing that and you're content. Like you don't always have to be chasing for something because sometimes if you're always chasing and you realize that, oh man, that was really awesome. And I was not in the moment, you're going to miss out on some great things too. So I think it's, it's a balance of, you know, when to lead and when to fall in line. And you really need to learn that because also if you're always trying to be a leader, your ego will get in the way and will also <laughs> lose opportunities because you're too hard strong. So, you know, I always like to point that out because it's really easy to just be all gung ho back. Oh, this one mindset thing. And then you're like, well, I'm running into a brick wall because you put that brick wall up because you kind of course corrected so far off course that you're running into the, the mountain and you don't know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's so much there, man, uh, with regard to just ego and, but I'll, I'll add too that I think a lot of people were afraid to lead and I would caution with that said, like even following just, just no one, no one, no one leadership's necessary, right? Like, um, uh, I think, you know, uh, Will Link puts this out there because I, I, I appreciate a lot of his leadership content, lived it, lived it a lot of it, but, um, and which is what he calls it leading up. Like, you know, if, if sometimes you got to lead up, you may, you may be in a role of a follower, but you may need to, um, and as this is, this is what I influence to me is indirect leadership. You're not directly in charge of the outcome, but you can indirectly influence. And I, and that's a form of leadership to me. Influence is, is an aspect of, is a, is a indirect form of leadership. So, you know, you still can't just sit there, mum, not say nothing and just be led because sometimes someone needs to lead and yeah. no one's, a lot of people aren't going to raise their hand. Um, and so don't be afraid to lead when you feel the times come yeah. um, or uh, seek the win-win, right? Like if, if there's confusion in that regard, like start seeking clarity, like what are you trying to accomplish? What are we trying to accomplish? What What's our desired outcome? Because mm -hmm. those are leadership conversations. Now, when we talk about a leader, Number one, you talk about a leader, like cast the vision, right? Yeah. Again, back to influence, you can still influence a vision. If there's a lack of clarity there, you can play the role. You know, it could, let's call it fractional leadership for a minute, right? Like you can be the leader or follower, but, or you guys can be leading together, sorting that stuff out and, and kind of mastermind and the effort. If, you know, you're, you're in chart, uncharted territories with the true yeah. leader at that time or whatever the case may be, you know, but don't well, be afraid to lead either. Yeah. Knowing your strengths too, right? Like part of the building a right team is knowing when somebody's going to step up because the leader is not the leader. Whoever is the leader doesn't know everything. 
mm-hmm. right? And they re- rely, like, let's think about this, CEO of a company, you rely on others smarter than you to make decisions on your behalf as the chief marketing officer, as the chief revenue officer, as the CFO, as the COO, right? Same thing with leadership. And, you know, know when it's time to step up. If you feel it on your heart, say it. Like, don't shy away from the moment. And that's the other thing. And so many people are afraid to lead because they're afraid of failure. And it kind of goes back to that very beginning point we talk about, about being perfect. Everyone wants to be perfect, but you can't know what perfect is until you fail. And we're so afraid to fail nowadays that we'd rather just be quiet. And that's where, you know, especially online, because we're in a hyper-connected world, that's where I think you've got to be an engager. You've got to be not afraid to be and live with intentionality and authenticity and share what's on your mind, share with people, talk with people, engage in conversations, right? And you start doing that, everything changes. It's a good change. Hey guys, Dale here. And I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guy community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique. Like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know, what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you and in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you enjoy the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. One of like the core values of Lions Guide is, is established clarity, and, and that's it. Because like, I feel, um, like to your point, right? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of devil's advocate a little bit, and it's just because you, there's no f- right or wrong formula for all this, right? Because even to your point about, because I'm gonna tell you where I made a big mistake, a lot of mistakes I think in my last few years at Corsica was what you said, except for all right, like so. So for example, and we started bringing in a ton of subject matter experts. I quadrupled that company in 18 months. You know, my last 18 months there. So that means we were bringing in bodies, uh, you know, VPs and up, sweet, sweet. Like, like we're bringing in a lot of that, what you call expertise. Yeah. And I deferred a lot going, that's why we brought you in, you know, to be the marketing expert or whatever. And I'll tell you just the other side of what you said. And I, because I, you're 100% right, but I'm going to talk to leaders out there that I took that too far. I, I was too humble and said, hey, well, he's the marketing guy. He's the sales guy. He's the operations guy that we hired for his expertise. He must know better than me, but I'm not feeling it. And I deferred a lot. And I did not give myself credit uh, for what I knew because, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but I, no, I, deferred, I, mean- I deferred to expertise 
And, but I, I was feeling it. I was feeling, I was like, man, this isn't right. Like, I don't, I'm not feeling this, but it, it's this, it's this. Um, and, I, and, and look, I don't know if people come in the situation in the future that it's not right to, to, to defer. But I, I know in my situation, I was just kind of like deferring against my gut. Yeah. And I say like, go, I'm not saying go with your gut, but you can't just, if, if you're feeling it or you're not feeling it, you got to establish clarity. You got to dig yeah. in, you got to learn more. You got to make sure you're heard. Um, Cause I felt like I, I, I let mistakes happen, kind of defer and go, well, he's the expert. That's why we hired him. So uh, I'm, yeah. I must be wrong, but yeah. Well, I mean, let's go back to the earlier comment about what is an expert, right? Be careful yeah. when you look at an expert, right? And so you do hire people with expertise to lead, right? And to make decisions for you. But as the leader, if there's not transparency and clarity and an understanding of what needs to be done in alignment, then you can't just defer, right? You have to have, in order for you to hire, uh, uh, you know, the best companies in the world, the, you know, badass teams, what they all have in common is alignment. Because when you are aligned 100%, it makes it easy to let your CMO make that decision, whatever he or she may think that is. When you're aligned, you let the head of operations make those decisions, he or she, whatever they think that is. If there's not alignment and you just defer to the expertise, that's when mistakes are made. So, you know, kind of tying it all back together as a leader, this is why so many people are afraid to be a leader. It's like, when do you listen to your gut? Like, right, intuition is a big thing. And, you know, you, you read this, you know, again, I consume content all the time, right? And there are so many instances of stories and people are like, you know, this was the right call to make on paper, but I didn't do it because my gut was telling me otherwise. And it mm -hmm. saved lives or it saved jobs or it saved money or whatever. Like, you know, thinking about that all the time. Like sometimes this is where, you know, my, I, I, I have an issue. Like why I would love to be an adjunct professor and go in and teach courses on entrepreneurship is that the theory of entrepreneurship is great. But no one wants to see a fucking 50-page business plan. Give it to me in 10 slides. Yeah. Why are we still teaching a 50-page business plan, right? Theory is great. Execution slaps you in the face, right? And this is always the theory versus execution argument that we have a lot of theories and the theory says this, and this is, you know, sports data. The numbers tell you this. You play the game to the numbers, but sometimes you roll the dice. Sometimes the numbers say this, but you're going to go for it anyways. And you score a touchdown and you win the game. Like you just got to know when to make those gut calls. And that happens over time. And that happens because you've made those decisions and failed and you learn to know when that's right or not. Yeah. And that's where experience drives leadership because it's yeah. a collection of experiences that know that you're in alignment. And as you continue to grow and go, that just becomes stronger and stronger. So I love that you brought that up. And that a hundred percent aligns with everything we've said in this podcast and the kind of this big overarching theme of like, what does it mean to be an expert? What does it mean to be entrepreneur minded? What does it mean to have, you know, trust in your own instincts and abilities? And then how does that work into whether you work in a nine to five or you're an entrepreneur or a content creator or wherever you are in your stage of life, all this stuff ties in to living in alignment with yourself, finding what gives you joy and passion. And that doesn't always have to be one and the same, right? And you don't always have to, we talk about this, 
don't always have to work in your passion. You can work for your passion. You can live in your passion. You can work. You have all these different options. And the more that we realize it's not a this or that, and we are the authors of our destiny, the more in alignment you become and the more fulfilled you are. And then the riches come in whatever form that may be, monetary, relationships, et cetera. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's spot on. And, and, and again, it goes back to learning, making the mistakes, not being afraid to make those mistakes, knowing that I'm, I'm going to come out better for it, you know, because yeah. um, that was it. I think once I realized what was happening for me, just around that story out, you know, what I came to was like, I had to revisit like why I was bringing those experts in, yeah. which was to grow and scale a working formula, right? To evolve it, not to come in and rewrite it. I didn't, yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I failed myself is I let experts come in and go, Hey, good job. Like, like, like this, this virtual, like pat on the head, stupid crayon eating Marine started this business and he didn't know what he was doing and look at my MBA and whatever. Um, and I, I just kind of deferred to that going, Hey, good job, Dale. Now let us show you how it's done. And I was, and I was, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, that, that's all right. But, but at the end of the day, the reality was like, if you're bringing in employees to help, help your business, you got to be clear on what that is. And, and, and if that's to scale or, um, increase capacity, but own the formula, own, own the formula and be ready to evolve it and loan it. Don't, don't die on the hill of stagnation, not growing and evolving. Right. Yeah. But I, what I, what I kept saying there at, at the end was like, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah. Everyone's so hard on to put their stamp on something. They're ready to rewrite at the detriment of what works. So you know, that's just something that as leaders and entrepreneurs and whatever, that we just have to be cautious. I mean, that's where it goes back to like complete, just taking responsibility and ownership of the outcomes. Um, because when you like, when you hand away your sword, man, like they got it, you know, you gotta, (laughs) and they might not know how to wield it the way you did things like that. So it's it's tough. And, and that's, it's a lifelong journey and knowing when to establish and let up on control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's one of the hardest things we ever have to learn. That's part of being human and our evolution yeah. process of learning. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the only thing you can do, right. Cause there is no right answer. Do I give up control? I don't give a control. You have to establish an expectation with a milestone, right? It's a project. Every decision you make could be looked at as a project. What, what is the desired business outcome of the move I'm about to make? When do I expect to see that outcome? Because if it's just kind of done for the sake of doing, or hey, we need a CMO, or we need a, we need a blah blah blah, like we start bringing these bodies in and and but don't have a clear like vision, right? It's not just a business that needs a vision; it's the, every aspect of it. These decisions, you like, you got to make them with a vi- end in mind. You know what's that, yeah. Stephen Covey, right? Like begin with the end in mind. That's that's not just the I'm starting a business and in the end I'm gonna have ten million bucks and big mansion on the hill. Every decision you make, you have to kind of begin with the end in mind. And so that you have something to measure against. You said earlier, like your North Star, right? Even when yeah. you're making hiring decisions or advertising decisions, right? And I tell people, man, like, and because I want to get in, I want to use this to segue into this. Like, don't just social for the sake of social. Yeah. Like, what, what, do, you, what do you expect to get out of this? Because you can drive yourself crazy <laughs> trying to social for the sake of social. What's yes. your desired outcome? You know, so- yes. I'll, I'll cut you loose on that. You're off the chain on that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll keep it kind of, kind of, kind of short and sweet. I mean, when we think about 
today, like we all live in this hyper-connected world and society. And, you know, I can sit in a room and ask everyone to raise their hand. Are you on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, Marco Polo, you know, all these different things. And you'll have different people raise their hand and I'll be like, okay, how many of you look at this as a personal or professional? And the thing about it is that it all intertwines. And like the thing that people don't realize is unless you're like super diligent on like locking everything down, you only let certain close friends in, you're really big on like the permissions, like, cool, well, you might be friends with somebody, but I'm with you. And it's like, hey, do you know this person? Oh yeah, I'm friends with him on Instagram. Let me check out and then I then I see everything, right? Like there's so such an easy way to find out anything about anybody. And we've seen that happen. Um, because we're all we living online. And so when you start realizing that your personal and professional life are one and the same, and they need to be looked at as this fluid thing of why do I, my, why do I use this? Why do I do this? Why do I want to be here? What am I using this for? What is my ultimate goal of being on this platform? We start defining that and understanding that you start realizing how to leverage and be your real self, whether that's to share things you're passionate about, pictures of your family, travel adventures, your business, et cetera, your personal professional brand are intertwined. And you need to master it with that intentionality and authenticity. And, you know, I wrote a book called The Social Soul, which really kind of ties into um, this idea that we don't do a great job at understanding or blending our social presence effectively. Like I'm on Facebook because that's how my family knows I'm still alive in New York City. I don't use Facebook. I don't scroll Facebook, but I have my Facebook tied to my Instagram because that's where my family is. Instagram is a big place for me where I, where I share kind of my day-to-day life, entrepreneurship tips and tricks, travel, life as an entrepreneur in New York City. You know, LinkedIn is really big for me. I share a lot of content from my podcast, from my speaking engagements, from lessons that I have learned, failures that I've had, right? Snapchat, I only use it because I have a family group. And that's our way to communicate. That's it. Because we like using that over text because text we have too many text chains going on, right? And so I'm able to have this really strong understanding of who I am authentically me online. And people can follow me on either TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn and get a little bit different flavor of Rob. Um, and it's not just copy and paste, right? But it's my authentic self and you get to see who I really am the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't hold back. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like going on crying and be like, oh, my life sucks, right? And I'm not being like, oh, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. It's like, hey, here's challenges I've overcome. Here's cool shit I'm doing. Here's things that I've struggled with. I talk about imposter syndrome. I talk all these things. And so, you know, I wanted to create a book that was not a playbook, was a guide. And the ultimate thing is, is that many of us are afraid to really leverage the power of social because we're afraid of the keyboard warriors. We're afraid of putting ourselves out there and getting negative feedback. Again, we want people to think we're perfect. We're not. All right. I mean, I have an amazing wife. We have an amazing relationship and we've been together since shit, 2014. Now doesn't mean our life is perfect. Doesn't mean we don't have squabbles and spats. Like we're humans, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, my life is perfect. I have a friend who's like, he literally said, he's like, my relationship is perfect. Like, we never fight, never, like, all these things. And I was like, that is so bullshit. I know that's bullshit. You can't be married for 20 years and not have had fights or whatever, right? 
and I, and I had another friend who like recently married who was like talking about how perfect relationships are. Just wait. Like I promise you just wait. Right. So the idea is that you kind of show all these things that you go through and, and be authentically you, right. Share those things online. And that was it about like be an engager. We don't need more content creators. We don't need more influencers that share perfect. Be a fucking content engager. Show who you really are. Connect. Provide and build value. And that's that's why I wrote the book. And that's what I think so many of us fail to do. And if we just do that better, we can create some amazing things in a hyper-connected world where like during the pandemic, we saw this happen. I have some some of my best friends that are my personal board of advisors are people I've never met in real life. And it's because I've met people around the world who get me, who understand, who took a vested interest and were able to be somebody that I could lean on in times when I was struggling. Um, so yeah, I'll stop there. Like, you know, you said the chains are off. And that was just kind of like what was on my heart about like the whole like social piece of it. Right. And if my wife listens in, I don't, don't hate me for airing our dirty laundry slash, you know, every couple goes through spats. I joke about it because, you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to is they have those relationships that they, when people look at them like, Oh, we're perfect. Blah, blah. blah. It's like, yeah, but not really. Like, it's okay. Like, when people don't understand is that life, relationships, job, everything we do in life is fucking hard and it takes work. And if you're not willing to be authentic and be intentional and put in work in everything you do in all aspects, then you're doing it wrong. And like that's yeah. that's like a, a big lesson I want people to understand. That's what this social soul is really all about. And that's the truth. You're telling the truth. And it's and it's in a in a I think we're we're maturing out of it, right? I think like because what Facebook was a 2007. Like I think we're we're in our adolescence adolescent years, let's say, quite quite literally, figuring it out. And I think it's it was a lot of that. And now I think everyone's starting to be a little bit more vulnerable and and just see and and because it goes back to like what is technology for? It's to just like I said, why you would hire someone, right? It's to accelerate. It's to automate. So back to our word of the day, right? Like, what's your intention with this stuff, right? Um, and yeah, and it, it's clear that you've got clear intentions on why you use what platforms personally, professionally and the like, and, and, uh, and being, being real. Um, and what you said earlier, right? Like people want real. I think, I think we're all so tired of the fake. Like we, that's why we see so much appreciation. I think that's why like a podcast like Joe Rogan is took off the way he did because that dude just, he's wrong. He's right. He puts whatever he feels out there hate it, love it in between, but he's real. And I think like we're all starving for real because we've spent these last, what is it? 14 years now staring at the fake, you know, rainbows yeah. and everything's perfect. And and now when we see someone get on there and go, man, I just screwed this up big time. Or I just went through that. Yeah. Like people are like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I've been I mean, watching all this other shit going like, man, what's wrong with me? You know? And it's really easy to fall in that trap. I mean, even, uh, you know, so many people, you know, we have, we've, there's so many rom-coms out there and movies of like, you know, the one shiny moment to the big thing and they overcome, they live happily ever after. And it's like, we're conditioned to think that's what love is. And that's not like love is, is imperfect. It's perfectly imperfect. It's, it's work. Same with all these things. And so we just strive for authenticity across the board. Like you talk about Joe Rogan's podcast. I mean, you know, another company that's like, always in the news, but the reason why they win is they're authentically just who they are. Barstool sports, right? Um, you know, you think about, uh, 
I mean, there's tons of different like things, but you start seeing these things happen and seeing some of these groups and podcasts and whatever. And it's like when they just do and be and not afraid to share like the pain of losing something like what well, that's us too. We all feel that. And if they can show up, I can share it. And, you know, the one thing I'll say to everyone out there who always the biggest thing I get, it's like, well, you know, if you get big enough on any platform, you're going to have haters. There are keyboard warriors. There are people out there that want to see the world burn, unfortunately. And you can con- not control if they post or comment on your shit. What you can do is you can control how you respond. Take a fucking breath. Breathe. They aren't worth shit to you. Don't let it burn you out. Don't try to get in a fight. Just smile and you know respond or don't respond or delete it, whatever you want to do. But realize that they are not the ones that matter. Those that matter are those that connect with you, believe in you, are learning from you. And when you take that aspect of it, and that's why I say the fear of creating content, don't worry about it. Don't be a content creator. Be a content engager. Engage with authenticity. Share authenticity. Share value. Share intentionality. And your life will be more fulfilled across the board. And it's a great way to leverage relationships. I got people around the world that I'm connected to and talk to on a regular basis that I've never met. And it's because I've created meaningful, valuable relationships online. And it has expanded my learning, expanded my opportunities. It's provided me with so much because I put so much out there. and I engage with it. And when you do that, you know, you'd be surprised at what could happen wherever you sit in this world. And some small town or some big city or somewhere in between, if you, if you connect and engage authentic, authentically online, you'll be surprised at what you can find and who you can connect with and what opportunities those will open up for you in the future. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, yes. And it goes back to what, what technology is for and like it's social networking and, and how long has it been around? Like your net worth is your network is your net worth. Network, and if yep. you kind of check back and go, look, okay, wow. Because why, why is it so easy to be an entrepreneur today? It's just at our fingertips. And so is the ability to network and build your net network net worth authentically, right? Looking at people going, hey, I, I would love to pick your brain. I would love to meet up with you and learn. Like, you know, like look at... How do we get here? You know, like chopping it up like this, sharing sharing yeah. war stories, learning from each other. I've learned learned a lot from you ever since I ever, ever uh, since the first time I talked to you. Why? Because it's networking, man. It's yeah. it's and it's using technology to network in a way we've never been able to. You know, never. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ronaldo's lives in Atlanta, and if I hadn't connected with Ronaldo to get him a part of a program I was running. I would have never connected to business bourbon. I would never have gone to DC. I would never have met you all because during the pandemic, I networked and connected with Ronell. And you have your own story of how you connected with Ronell and came into business and bourbon. And we met in DC because of that, because of online relationships that turned into something bigger that turned into an in-person meeting two months ago. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't there be here together. Like we would have never met is, like that. Like, <laughs> well, it's like you said, is that? Your, your ground zero is be curious, right? Like be curious. And that this, I think that's a big part of it. Be, be, be brave, be be courageous enough to meet new people, and you've got just all the power in the world. We've really got no excuses anymore, right? Like, yeah. you can make T-shirts and sell them on Shopify for twenty bucks a month right now. Like, there there is the the world is in the palm of your hands, man. Just if you're if, if it's what you're about, or again, you're trying to find what you're passionate. About. Like, it's we're so enabled right now. Yeah. We're so 
Man, Absolutely. It's been a good, good time. The, uh, I say like you're, and what annoys me roast right now, man, is like, I, I use LinkedIn yeah. for everything we just talked about. And there's a new form of fishing, man, that these guys will send me these beautifully reciprocal, like, I love what you're doing. I'd love to meet up. And then like 30 seconds later, and oh, by the way, I'm selling blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh man, it's these guys that are like you run into at networking events that are like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Who's your who's your um, personal finance advisor? Who's, who do you yeah. get your shirts from? <laughs> it's like, yeah. that, it drives me bananas these it days. It does. I mean, and we're all so quick to get something. You need to give more than you get, you, you know, Make deposits into the bank first. You can't withdraw money until you put money in, right? I mean, you can if you're on credit, but that only lasts for so long. And then you wonder why your network is completely dead. Like I've had to go through and prune my network because I I was a taker before I was a giver. And now that I'm a giver, my network has changed a lot. Give, deposit those things in the bank account, create meaningful relationships, and you'll be surprised because those people that are fishing, what they don't realize is that they just potentially ruin the opportunity for me to introduce them to five people because I don't want to talk to you already because you pitched me out the gate versus if you actually had a genuine interest and we chatted and you're like, I might be like, Hey, you know what? Yo, you're cool. I like what you're offering. I'm good. I have somebody, but I know five people that might be interested in your service that we're talking about leadership training. Let me uh, make a few interests for you. But if you were fishing, I'd been like, nah, I'm not talking to Dale anymore. Like this, this guy's done not making intros doesn't matter what he, even if he's the best in the world, like he just burned that bridge. So be authentic, create meaningful connections and then let life surprise you. Yeah. And poor fully teed that up for you and in a complaint, I try not to complain, but like you hit exactly what I wanted you, the value of that is just those people like who are using LinkedIn wrong, like, mm-hmm. Everything you just said, the minute they like, cause I'm that I'm looking to grow my network. I want to meet people like, wait, well, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Happy to connect. Here's my Calendly to have an intro call. But man, the minute they pitch, it's, it's over, man. It is yeah. over. You don't know me and you're pitching me already. Like, even if you have something that I might be interested in, man, I, I, I think this is what you said. You're out, bro. Like yeah. it's just, uh, and people, cause people want to do, and this goes back to like, again, technology is the accelerator, but even pre-technology start my business like people do business with who they like you know who like they need the service and then they like you and want to do business with you um that that's that's got to be cultivated um so i really like the way i love the analogy of you got to make deposits before you can make withdrawals i think that's just because you know that's you know i get in this thing because i run a sales and service business and like there's times when you need a cold email and you kind of shoot your shot on timing and like that's where emails for versus like linkedin linkedin is and this is where understanding different tools and technology is that there's a time and place. Sometimes you got to pick up the phone and have a cold call, right? Sometimes you send a cold email. Sometimes you need to go build a relationship and then transfer that deposit into withdrawals. And like, it's never one way or the other, but you need to understand what tools you're using, why people are there for it, how you want to connect and engage. And LinkedIn's not the connect and pitch place. Cold email, send it to me all day. If it's a, if it's the right product at the right time that I don't even know I needed, I may respond like, yeah, let's chat. But do that on LinkedIn, ha, nah, you're, you're automatically off the network, right? Give me a phone call, right? I might pick up an answer and chat with you. I might not. Leave me a good voicemail. If you leave me a good voicemail, I'm probably going to get a call back. Even if that's just say, hey, I really appreciate you giving me a cold call. And, you know, the, I wanted to give you a call back because I appreciate you actually left a message. No, thank you. You can take me off your list. 
you know, maybe I'll let them try to talk to me or whatever, but like, I'm going to reward that because that's, you know, that's tough to do. I've been there, you know, leave a good voicemail. I will call you back. Um, I'm not going to lie. So, you know, know where and what tools and technology you're using and how, how you engage with people on that. And there's a time and place for everything. It doesn't mean every technology is the right time and place. And so that's, that's, I think that to me is the biggest lesson for her founders and for people starting their business, knowing when and how they want to leverage those tools and technologies and to who and how and where automation and technology can be effective or not effective and hurt you. Understanding yeah. that is a big thing. Yeah, man. Now, I love it, dude. And, and like, what did you say? You're 34. I love, dude. And I mean this with all the honor in the world. And it's like, you're ahead of your time, man. Like, just for as young as you are, like, your experience shines through. And I love that you're serving people in the capacity that you are. I mean, um, you know, you're, you are one of those breaths of fresh air that we yearn for out here, you know? And uh, it was, I don't know, did we talk about this? Like, when you're at Ronell's thing and they asked the question, like, um, there's two things I want to wrap up on because I think you, you, I learned this from you and I want to give you the opportunity to put it out there. The person asked a question of like, well, what do I post or whatever? And you were just like, what do you post? Uh, this, this is what you post. Watch this. Hi, I'm, hi, I'm at the whatever and blah, blah, blah. And hey, it's a great time and blah, 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 blah. Boom. That's yeah. what you post. And I was like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, just we try so hard and I know like, you, you know, you can scroll on social and it's annoying and, Everyone's like, you need to have this strategy. And yes, it's a bit of strategy, but at the end of the day, like, unless you're trying to like, like I want to go zero to a million followers. Well, usually if you want to get to 200,000 followers or a million followers, you got to follow all the trends and do all these things. But then the problem is that those trends and those things aren't aligned with your message. The minute you start switching your message, you're going to start bleeding followers. and It's not going to be an engaged network. So yeah, you can grow you know, there's playbooks to grow to a million followers. It doesn't mean you're gonna get the million engaged followers that you want, right? So if you're looking for an engaged community, I'd rather have less followers and higher engagement than high number of followers and low engagement. So the content I'm creating is for them and for those that engage. And so it may just be picking up the phone and send them a quick thank you message. Don't overthink it. Like, you know, we're all working from home. We know that kids are running around. We know that you know, I live in New York. It's loud all the time. People always apologize to me when there's noise in the back. I'm like, if you've ever just been to New York, you know how loud it is. Like, I'm on, a, I'm just off a major street. Like, within 30 minutes of a call with me, you'll hear three sirens, somebody honking, whatever. And you'd be like, oh, shit, he doesn't care. Like, this is what he lives with every day, right? Um, and so to that point, like, just create. Create what you feel is right. Send it over. Be you. You know, if you're trying to grow, maybe put a little thought into editing. But don't overthink it. And it's really easy to whip out your phone and create really good content and send something that is meaningful, like a thank you note or a video or something just simple. Yeah. And what is your uh, recommendation to folks? Um, this is more for the entrepreneurs getting at, you know, building their business or whatever. We've got company pages. We've got our personal. What do you, what do you put on what? Yeah. Um, company pages are great to do a couple posts per week about company highlighting things, but use your personal because, you know, theoretically when you have a company page, you have less followers. Maybe so your company page has a thousand, unless you're Nike, IBM, whatever your company page say has a thousand followers, but you yourself have 5,000 followers. You put it out as a company post, uh, LinkedIn wants you to charge for ads. So they're only going to show it to about 30% of that network, that network. So 30% of that thousand. 
versus if you post it from a personal page, it's it's your thoughts and originality. You're going to have a chance to 300x that reach. So mm. what you should do is post more from your personal page, tagging back to company. Don't share company posts because LinkedIn will look at it as an ad and then it'll detract. Um, don't put a link in your post. In fact, now LinkedIn has gone back to text posts rank higher than any, even even video. Always link stuff in the comments. But okay, so say, for example, I'll give you an example. Lions Guide. Say you post Lions Guide. Hey, you know, super awesome podcast, Rob Napoli. We talk about blah, 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 blah. That came up from the Lions Guide. You would put, you know, had a great time chopping up with Rob Napoli. This we just checked out. Uh, some of my key takeaways were X, Y, and Z. To learn more, take a look over at the Lions Guide page or check the link in comments for the full episode on the Lions Guide website. And then, and then you post it, hashtag it, post it, tag me, tag Lions Guide in it, because that's going to drive eyeballs there. And the comment is a link to full episode here, right? And you can add a little, maybe add a graphic, maybe add like a little clip, or maybe you don't have anything in there. That's going to have more, and it's going to drive people back to want to follow the Lions Guide so that people can stay and see who new guests are, right? You're doubled, you're kind of doubling it up, but that's how you post it from like the business side. It's kind of more like, had this great conversation. We appreciate having Rob on. But then like you, it's Dale kind of pushing back to that because Dale is not, Dale is the Lions Guide, but Dale is more than just the Lions Guide. So this is where you can talk about your personal experience on the podcast and like what your key takeaways were with just, you just like, the actual podcast the company is doing with it, right? And how it impacts that. And so most people fail to do that. They're like, well, I'll just share my company posts. It's like, you can't. You got to have your own voice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from a company standpoint, post a couple of times per week. From your personal, try to post daily. But if you don't want to post daily, don't. Like, post as much as you think. But key, engage daily. Take 15 minutes. Five. Anyone out there is listening, that's the challenge I give everybody. Do this for 30 days. Comments on five meaning five meaningful comments on posts every day in your network. Watch your views go up. Watch your connections go up. Watch the the quality of conversations go up on LinkedIn. All you gotta do is comment five times a day, and don't just feel like awesome. Thank you. Meaningful comments. Key takeaways: this. Ask a question because also if it becomes like super liked and relevant, it like tags to the top. If it's a big post, right, and people are seeing your face. Your name and your headline gives you a lot of a lot of great opportunity to make great connections. So that's where I'll leave it as far as like company, personal. But at the end of the day, right? Like what I preach is engagement. So we, here's the posting structure, but the real winner is that engagement. Are you a content engager? Because if you become an engager, that's where things win versus being a content creator. Content creation comes second. For me, I really truly believe engagement first, creation second. Why? No one's going to follow if you have nothing. If you're not giving value, no one's going to come and follow you. So go give value, be an engager first, get your feet wet, get comfortable with that, and then you can start creating content. That's it, man. It, yeah. And, and like I say, I had heard that, but I, there's so much value there, man. I wanted to give you the opportunity yeah. to just put that out there because I, I think it's great. It's something that I think a lot of people, I know I was struggling with it. That's why it, it came up that day. And um, so it just, it's just, again, a test, testament to like your, your depth of knowledge here, man. And I, I appreciate it. So uh, we've been running strong for a while. So let's tell everyone how to find you, how to find a podcast, the book, who should be getting it, who yeah. you're talking to. Well, what I'll do is I'll give you the link. So the best thing to go is actually go to my Beacons page. So it's Beacons, B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot page backslash Rob Napoli. 
uh, that has links to all my socials. So LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. It's got a link to pre-ordering the book. It's got a link to the podcast. It's got a link to the website. Um, so the Beacons page is is where to go. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, all the different platforms. Um, anyone that wants to chat, connect with me. Shoot me a note. Let me know you heard me on the Lions Guide. Um, always happy to chat. Um, you know, the book pre-orders out and delivers on January 18th. Uh, anyone that's looking to master their personal professional brand, it's 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 tips and tricks, and it's giving you guide guidance on how to be an engager first, creator second. It's a short read. Uh, pick it up on Amazon. Uh, the Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, anywhere. All in that Beacons link. Uh, but connect. Let me know you heard me here. If you want to talk, I'm always open. We'll always set up time. Love to you know, hear from the Lions Guide crew and and really love being a part of this experience and podcast and chopping up with you for this time. Appreciate so much time just to just to connect and chat and get deep on some stuff. We had a, a lot of fun. Yeah, man. No, I loved it. It's been it's been an honor to have you on there. I think this is going to be one of those favorite ones that people talk to uh, hit me up about, man. So I, I'm glad to be a part of your journey and, and, and try to get get this value you've got out there for other people to, to see and, and you know, gain insights from. So thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate having you. Absolutely, my guy. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon.